Great. Are we good? Hi, Ross. Oh, hello, Sam. How's it going? It's going pretty good. This is our first uh, Sam and Ross like things after dark. Is it? I, I I'm in the bathroom of my house, so it, which has a window, and I'm looking out. And yes, I can verify that it is in fact after dark. Yeah. So this, you're in your bathroom. I'm not I using am, the bathroom. You're not using the bathroom. I have my microphone on top of an ironing board. <laughs> Like professional, we are super duper professionals. I think. <laughs> so, welcome to episode nineteen of Sam and Ross Like Things, the show where Sam and Ross talk about things they they like. I'm Sam, and I'm Ross. We have some follow up. Do you have uh, your notes in front of you, or should I prompt? You? Yeah, you should prompt me because I have all my screens are taken up with various tasks. Gotcha. So, first, uh, last episode we talked about how much you love. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, yes. And you started it with your son. I did. We And this is, I think, my fourth time, his second time. And it's, you know, everything I always dreamed it could be. Again, it's great. Yes. Is he, did you have to beg him or was he into it? No, he was, he, it was like, a, I was like, hey, uh, we should watch a show. And then he was like, I don't know what to watch. He doesn't really sound like that, but that's what it felt like. And then I was like, why don't we just watch Avatar? We just finished season three of Korra. We could just watch Avatar. And he was like, done, sold. Let's do it. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I remember some of our feedback. I should pull it up so I can look at it, huh? Well, there you asked on Twitter what people liked, yeah. and there was a whole bunch of responses. Okay, I have it in front of me now. Shall I read that? So, yeah, I did. I, I think I might start doing this on the regular. I ask people what they like because it's always fascinating to find out what people like, right? Because maybe you it will is. like it too. Uh, absolutely. Um, and so here was the people that replied, and I will just—I'm just going to go through them real quick. And I think I like almost all of these things as well. Um, Lego, which is crazy that we've never talked about Lego on this show. I think is that crazy? Uh, it is crazy. So that was Zach Beer. Uh, Make music RVA said triple crossings pa- uh, paranoid ant- ale droid and the Detroit rock sound. Uh, and then I had to look up on the Wikipedia what the Detroit rock sound was, and there's a there's a a band associated with this, the Music City Five. Are you familiar? I am not familiar. Oh, dude, check it out. I, MC Five. Uh, so I, I listened to that, and I agree with Make Music RVA that this is a good thing to like. Um, so check that out. <laughs> okay. Eva Colon said, "The Sun, Cats, Children on Leashes." I, I couldn't tell. There was some comma uh, unclarity here. If she liked, I believe. She likes cats and children on leashes, both of them, both of those things on leashes. Okay, no judgment, you know. Um, educational equity and Title One money. Chairman Brando liked the rain on the apartment roof turning it into a deprivation isolation chamber of white noise, which sounds awesome, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plof Master liked brown butter, which also sounds awesome. Um, Amy George, and I don't know how you would say her name, her Twitter name, her na- I guess George A.E., Says the soundtrack. Yeah, like uh, that, mo- like that movie with Matt Damon's voice, right? Titan A.E. Oh, it's, af- it's George After Earth. Uh, do you know what? I enjoy Titan A.E. By the way, so I do too. Okay, maybe we should put on the list. Um, she's like the soundtrack to the musical Chess. Francesca Lynn. I didn't know such a thing existed. I didn't even know what it was, and I forgot to Wikipedia it. What else? What else here? Fr- Francesca Lynn likes Adventure Time and Steven Universe, which I hear mm. the latter is great, and the former definitely is great. Um. Garrett Pryor likes pizza, basketball, John Krakauer, Skittles, and Dave Chappelle. And then my pal Gabe Kelly likes Sam and Ross. Oh, shucks. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. We like, uh, I like people uh, liking me. Yeah. 
I think we should. I'm going to try to consume some more of these things on this list for next time. Oh, that'd be great. Um, I think I uh, going into this week's topics. I think I go first. All right, Sam. Are you ready? Are you prepared? I, I don't know if I possibly can be prepared, but uh, let's go. Okay. This week, if I was more versed in your topic this week, I could have made a good joke just before this sentence. But um, this week, your topic to like is the Karate Kid. <sighs> I love the Karate Kid. I love the Karate Kid. I even took notes. I have notes on why I love the Karate Kid. Hit me, man. Yep. So the Karate Kid is a movie. Uh, starring uh, Pat uh, Morita and uh, Ralph Macchio yes. from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's by uh, the Rocky guy. Whoa, really? Yeah, so it has a lot of the same music. Like the the, the music was the Rocky music person. And, oh. Um, yeah. So it is, a, it is a movie about a friendship between... Um, a high school kid and an old man, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which cool. Wow, yeah. Um, who need who are al- alone and need each other, and they come together, uh, and really become friends and close. And it is one of my favorite movies. Um, so let's see. Why do I love the Karate Kid? First, it's a great movie. Like beginning to end, you feel for all the characters. It's great. Um, Part of what makes it great is is it is it simple. Um, all the characters, you really buy their motivations. It's a, relatively a simple story. It's this kid comes to a new school and he starts getting beat up, and he doesn't know how to deal with it. And eventually, this this his neighbor um, helps him learn to defend himself and stand up for himself, and they become friends. Uh, Pat Morita, who was Mr. Miyagi, was nominated for an Oscar. What? No, he wasn't. Yes, he was Whoa. for his performance as Mr. Miyagi. I had no idea. Largely, largely because of there's a scene where on the anniversary of his wife's death, he gets drunk and gives a little speech. Dude, that scene is so good. And it is so good. So good. The music is amazing. So in in that Rocky sense, I'm a sucker for like flute solos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'm going to add to my list the flute. My list of likes is you know the flute solo and hook. Okay. But I like I the music. The score is just really really good on its own. So like the training montage, which isn't like a cheesy '80s montage. There is there is like a more rockin' montage later, but like the training montage is all set to this like flute solo music. Right. And then the strings come in and he goes into the ocean and it's very powerful and amazing. And then on the other side, and I sent you some homework. I don't know if you did. Oh, I did it. (laughs) Which is the karate kid, not the score soundtrack, but the music, music soundtrack, which has songs like you're the best around. And that scene is definitely like an 80s power montage, yeah. but it's amazing. I, I will say, I, I listened to it, and I am, was very impressed with how, like, uh, it's, like, filled and in, encloaked in, in and filled up with 80s trapping sounds, like instruments that aren't really instruments that are, like, fake instruments on a keyboard, but it does yeah. a really fantastic job. Like, it was super enjoyable to listen to straight through. I was like, whoa, we'll listen again, you know, despite it being yeah. just, like, a guy pressing a button on a keyboard. Yeah. So there's the music. Um, like I said, you care about 
everyone in you care about everyone in the, in the movie. You care about like Daniel's mom is like a real character. Like she's struggling. She's struggling to provide for her kid. And is, is there? I too. haven't seen it in a while. Is there a? Uh, do they give an in in universe reason for them moving across the country? Yeah, she's moving to take a new job in computers. Whoa! And they drive, and this is all taken care of. Like the the whole opening bit is just them driving across the country, and so she's taking a new job at a computer company, and has made all these promises how great it's going to be. And when they get there, it's like super crappy, do, and. The job doesn't actually exist, and she has to take a waitressing job, and it's just horrible. But she is, she, life is giving her like crap, and she just smile smiles not in a pretend way, but in like I'm going to make the best of what I have and take care of my kid. Is, is there? A, do they mention the dad and like where that guy is at all? Nope, Whoa. doesn't come up at all. Cool. You care about Mr. Miyagi. You care about, um, you even care about Elizabeth Shue a little bit. I like this movie a lot. Um, <laughs> so there's this part in the movie where they go to this place called Golf and Stuff, and Elizabeth Shue and Daniel have their first date. And it's the most boring part of the movie, but it's not bad, but it's the most boring part of the movie. So my friends and I referred to anything that was like a boring part of something otherwise awesome. We refer to it as golf and stuff. Whoa, that's brilliant. Take this as you will, but one of my favorite parts of this movie <laughs> is that this movie has absolutely zero denouement. So I will often just to make myself feel good already have on my iPad queued up the crane kick scene. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just play it and be like, yeah. So like, the end of the movie, Daniel Daniel LaRusso's gonna fight. Daniel LaRusso's gonna fight. He comes out and he fights Johnny, and then it comes to the final scene. He's he's just got his leg hurt again. He's hobbling, he's does the crane kick, and he goes, finish him! And then the music swells, duh, 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 and he kicks him in the face, and then the music goes, duh, 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 duh. right? Mr. Miyagi, we did it! Woo! And then it just ends on a freeze frame of Mr. Miyagi's face. <laughs> like, the music swells. The movie ends at the absolute climax of the movie. There is no denouement whatsoever. It just ends on, like, the most powerful, you know, almost like Rocky, right? Like, yeah. How Rocky ended. Like, very similar, but it just ends. And sometimes I love denouement. Sometimes I love that we have to figure out, like, what happened to the Hobbits and the Shire and we have three hours of ending right sometimes i like that but sometimes i just like yeah we're gonna end the movie right here at the part where nothing can possibly top what we just did do you think they do you think that's because they knew number two was in the works and so they're like okay well we'll just recap what has happened since then once we get to number two so my understanding is they filmed the first scene they didn't know there was going to be a part two but they filmed the first scene of part two as the denouement. Oh. And then they cut it out because they just said, this is a better ending. Yeah. So there's a scene where uh, in the beginning of Credit Kid part two, where the Cobra Kai guy comes and tries to punch Mr. Miyagi and Mr. Miyagi just ducks and he punches uh, through glass, uh, car glass and makes his knuckles bleed. 
that was, or I believe, filmed for the first movie but cut out and put in at the beginning of the second movie. I really like the Karate Kid. Oh, cool. I, I uh, did you? I'm sure. I'm sure everyone's done this, right? Like, get a headband tied around your head. Oh, of course. Crane kicks and and then after the movie, you run around like pretending to kick things. Yeah, I'm sure parents were like, Ugh. yeah, but everything about the movie is like parent friendly in the sense that like all the good guy characters are like, no, let's figure out how to do this without punching. It's exactly the opposite of every single dang superhero movie that exists right yeah. now. It was hilarious how there there is no attempt to solve a problem without punching like it's just like well i guess we got to punch to solve this problem yep so in the in the karate kid there's a great scene where daniel says oh well i guess i should just go down to the dojo and talk to their teacher and then they'll stop beating me up and mr miyagi says yeah that's a good idea yeah and then they go and talk to the talk to the teacher and it turns out he's a big jerk too but like yeah that's the first thing <laughs> oh yeah let's go Try to talk it. Try to try to talk first. <laughs> so, Karate Kid, your homework is to watch it with your kid. I have a tangential question. This is a question yeah. I've just been asking everyone lately. Do you think when people write lines like get him a body bag and sweep the leg, lines and things that become iconic later, do you think when they write them, they know? They're like, boom, iconic. People are going to say this forever. I think that... The people making this movie had to know they had something special. But I don't think you can predict that you know, 35-year-olds are going to be quoting the movie. Do you, are you familiar with Pace Picante commercials from our youth? Yeah, get a rope. Okay, get a rope. Do you? What about the other thing? That, do you know the other thing that they say? New York City. Okay, exactly. Uh, we were talking about this same topic with our intern who is 17, and... We were like, New York City, and he blank stared at us, obviously, because he's 17. Uh, and then I just wondered, like, man, whoever out there that wrote that commercial and was like, yeah, New York City, people are going to be saying this for 30 years. Do you think he knew? He or she knew? I think they hope, but those are ad people. The ad people hope. Yeah, they probably always think they, that it's going to be that way. Well, this one, this, this week's small little thing I like is person who wrote New York City ad. All right, <laughs> Karate Kid. Ross. Hello. The thing you like this week and for all time is Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton, the man, the legend, literally a legend. Uh, he played Bruce Wayne and Batman, right? <laughs> he did. He was uh, the best Batman, I think we have to all admit, right? Yeah. Um, no, he was. Buster Keaton was a silent film star, director, uh, producer. Um, and he is dead. He he was like uh, 1966 was when he died. But he's probably the most famous of the silent film era stars, which sounds dumb because it's like who even knows anyone from silent films? Uh, but like everyone who exists is familiar with Buster Keaton. They might not just know it. Um, and we I forget why I started watching Buster Keaton films, but like they're all mostly public domain, right? They're all made before 1923 or whatever. So you can just was it part of a was it part of a year of? <sighs> I no, oh you know what it was? It was there's this giant list of the thousand best films ever made, mm -hmm. and like all of Buster Keaton's films are on there. And when you go through this giant list looking for things that are streaming, a lot of the times the only things that are streaming are the public domain things because they're free. Um, gotcha. So I ended up watching a lot of silent films and really old films. And man, 
they are adorable and charming and wonderful and hilarious in ways that lots of silent films are not. Um, have you ever watched any silent films, Sam? I don't know that I've I have watched one all the way through. So and yeah, that's exactly the case, right? Is because like I'm sure most people have like dabbled or at least tried to dabble in like Birth of a Nation or some of the yeah that's where you start <laughs> i think that's where people start because they're like well, oh, i don't know this is important for the history of our country or whatever and it is so challenging to get through some of these movies um and yeah, why don't you start with the white supremacist one? <laughs> yeah that's great and it's like three and a half hours long that movie um it's it's hard to watch anyway uh so one thing, one thing though, one thing you should you should know is Buster Keaton was like he comes from vaudeville, right? Like his dad and his family were vaudeville actors, vaudeville performers, and so vaudeville, you know, you're up on the stage, you're up on a literal stage in front of real people doing things, and you have to make them laugh instantly, and you don't have like title cards to hold up so people can like read the words, and you don't really have a way to converse with them, so you just do these like hilarious physical humor jokes that convey really well to a big audience in front of you, right? And so that's Buster Keaton's past, and he brings that to movies in a way a lot of silent film folks did not, and so this is this is from Wikipedia, but like you know, you know about you know what title cards are, right? Like when you're watching a silent film and they put up the words on the screen, it's like a black screen. I do. Okay, so most I've seen I've seen Three Amigos many many okay, times. Exactly, and so most silent films had like 240. This is what Wikipedia says. So 240 title cards per film. It's a lot. Buster Keaton films averaged about 50, and so he is using action and visual visual cues to tell the story so much more than these other folks who are using words written on the screen, right? Um, and it just makes these movies so super enjoyable to watch. And they they hold up. What are we, like, we're almost 100 years since he made these films. We're, we're, yeah, I think a lot of these films are probably 100 years old. And they're still uproariously funny and delightful. Do you have favorites or have you consumed them all? Um, he's a very prolific dude. So I haven't consumed them all, but there are, there are like five that I want to recommend. Um, the first one, my favorite, is called Steamboat Bill Jr. And if that name sounds familiar, it should because Mickey Mouse, who you're familiar with, is based on a cartoon called Steamboat Willie. And Steamboat Willie is a parody of Steamboat Bill Jr. So all of the funny things that you have ever seen in any sort of cartoon in your entire life were, in, mm-hmm. were invented by Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton did every cartoon joke, every physical cartoon joke comedy thing he did in real life and invented it probably. He could make his eyes come out of his eye socket and then go back in. Yes, I mean he does not not that not like that exactly, <laughs> but like he he okay, here's the best one. The best thing. Have you ever seen in any movie or cartoon ever where there's a man or a woman standing there and a house falls down upon them, but the window of like the second floor falls down directly around the person so they remain unharmed? Yes. He invented that. He invented that joke. Whoa. And he did that joke in like in 1913 or whatever. And like a little, like a wall of a little house fell upon him and he stood in the spot where the window was. Whoa. Yeah. He's an amazing dude. And like every, if you go and watch any of these films, like all of the things he's doing, he's really doing them. And like his earlier movies, he was in, a, he was able to do these things. But when he joined a different studio, they like, were like whoa dude that's crazy you can't do that kind of stuff uh you will die um and he had a lot of things where where he was like we will do this stunt we will do it in one take 
if it does not work, we will not do it again because I'm only, I'm only jumping off this building into a car one time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Steamboat Bill Jr. I think is the best one. It's like a story of like a to like a guy and he comes to a new town on the Mississippi river and meets a fancy lady and he's not so fancy. He tries to woo her and there's a steamboat involved and lots of comedy falling in the water and running up and down on the steamboat paddle, you know? Um, the second movie I'd like to recommend is called the general and that's about trains in the civil war in Georgia. And it is, that's probably his most acclaimed one. Um, and there are some amazing stunts that he does on an actual steam engine which are terrifying to watch, but they're hilarious. Um, Seven Chances is about a dude trying to hook up with various ladies, uh, and that's very funny. Sherlock Jr., he he plays kind of like a dunce, and he's trying to solve mysteries and things. And then there's The Navigator, which I just watched kind of recently, and had the best joke of all time, Sam, where he goes underwater, and he's like trying to fix this boat that's broken. He's underwater in like one of those, those like suits, you know, like old-timey diving suits. Mm-hmm. And... He does a thing and he gets his hands dirty, and so he he takes his his takes his gloves off and he washes his hands underwater. <laughs> it's so funny. It's, it doesn't sound funny, but it is really funny. Um, so those are my those are my five picks, and you just gotta watch one. You gotta. I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry. You gotta watch one, and his face is so good. He is the best face actor I've ever seen in my entire life. Like he can't talk, right? Silent film, and so he just conveys. A trillion emotions with his face. It's amazing. I will take it as my homework to watch one. That you said they're they are uh, free on the internet yeah, because you, of public domain. Yeah, you can just go to YouTube. Make sure you. I think you should watch Steamboat Bill Junior. Uh, is probably my fave. I will. It's so good. Did he? Did he end up doing any talkies? Yeah, he's in. Um, he did a couple talkies. He was like in, and then he was like FT'd later in life. So like he's in like a Twilight Zone episode. And he's in Sunset Boulevard. Have you ever seen Sunset Boulevard? Mm-hmm. Sunset Boulevard is like a 1950s era movie about a silent film star who is now aging and like she's rich and kind of crazy. Oh, uh, are you familiar with the line "so and so"? I'm ready for my close up. That idea, yes. like that's from that movie. But he's in that movie as an aging silent film star uh, because he is one of those, and he says the word "pass," which is. You know, it's whatever he speaks, so it's weird. Um, so he is in some talkies, but most of his most of his stuff is just basically inventing film comedy. Inventing comedy. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so you got into it looking at that uh, list, and besides him having invented everything, has it made you appreciate things that came after it? Yes, like it, when you, I think it's when you watch an old movie that is very constrained, right? Like there are no special effects other than phys- like practical special effects. There's even no words, and like he he's very limited on the amount of title cards and stuff. Like it makes you appreciate someone who has such a vision for uh, concisely communicating what he wants to communicate. You know. I think it makes when you watch a lot of these really fantastic films, it makes you be like, "Dudes, just try like a little tiny bit harder." This guy was doing it, and he had like nothing. He had like a dollar, you know. But that—that's the way in which it informs my movie watching. I think when you see something that holds up after a hundred years, you're like, "Whoa!" Yeah, I'm looking that the Butcher Boy was April twenty third, nineteen seventeen. Okay, and so that was his like very first thing, I think, right? Uh, that's what the first one in Wikipedia. Yeah. 
So in his in he probably what's the date on um Steve Bill Jr. Do you still have it up? Nineteen twenty-eight. Okay, so we're at ninety years or whatever. Like, it, I just I, again like I, I, this idea of like, did you know when you when you made this movie that you were creating an iconic thing? Um, I don't know if he did, but like, it, it's it's clear and it holds up so well. Unlike the white, he probably just movie. thought it would be funny. Yeah, he did. I guess that's geniuses, right? Geniuses are just like, hey, I'm just doing my thing. Why aren't we all geniuses? Well, that's awesome. Yeah, so everyone should go watch. It's you'll you'll really enjoy them, and they're usually pretty short. So it's not like you're sitting down for two hours to watch nothing happen. You will laugh. I, I promise you, there is a there will be at least one point at which you will laugh out loud at this movie that's a hundred years old. Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton. Now's the point in the in the podcast where we talk about how I'm Sam. I love my PO box. PO box, Ross. Nine two one zero. Nine nine. Nine times. Nine, nine, five, one, f- two, four. You can uh, you can reach us at Sam and Ross like things care of Sam Davies at PO Box two five nine one four. I am getting so close. Two five nine one four Richmond Virginia two three two six zero dash five nine one four. And if you write okay to read on your mail, we will read it. Uh, on the podcast, but unfortunately, wah, wah, no listener mail. Come on, listener people. Yeah, maybe I'll send one in myself. Yeah, maybe I'll send one to myself too. Two five nine one four. Two five nine one. Yes, home run. Uh, but we do have some quick hits. Quick hits. Quick, quick hits. Quick hits. Quick hits. The first was um, I wanted to just put out a quick hit. Uh, we've got some friends. You wanted on to the, put out a quick hit. Put out a quick like hit. like on a person. Does that mean kill somebody? I think so. Oh, I want to talk about a quick hit. Okay, okay, do it. <laughs> uh, so we've got some friends on the internet. Uh, Tim, who uh, last week uh, sent a sent us a tweet, and Seth, who every week they write about things that they like, what they like that week, and they do a little blog post, and we'll put that in the show notes. I'd like people doing that. I would love them. I would love to have. Everybody in the world post once a week on some internet forum just saying, hey, I like this thing. Yes, me too. And so we'll put links to their their blogs where you can see that. And it's and it, none of it ever makes you feel bad. You don't have to like what they like, but they like their stuff. And Ross, you've got a quick hit? Yes. Uh, this this is a, an internet app. Oh, an iOS, uh, what is this? This is an app for your app. for your. Uh, Apple telephone called Gboard. 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 And it's Google's keyboard. And uh, everyone I know talked about it three days ago incessantly. And it took me a while to put it on my phone. And whoa, it's pretty nice, man. It's like a keyboard. I know I'm an old person. I know. I get it. Like, I'm an old person. And, and so, like, this swipe, swipe to type thing blew my mind. I realize that has mm-hmm. existed for a hundred years, and we're all we've mm-hmm. been swiping all our lives. But like, this was new to me, and it was it's fascinating and good. And if you're a one thumb typer, this is this is way better than whatever you're doing with your one thumb. I'm still figuring it out because me too. This is my first swipey one, but it doesn't make you swipey. It doesn't. You can still do it. The I other didn't way. even know you could swipe until someone told me. Yeah, but for for what this is, it's Google has this keyboard that you could install on iOS. And it has Google built into it, 
So if you're typing something, you can just type normally and say, hi, Ross, how you doing? And then Ross says something and you want to reply with a GIF. You can just search right in the keyboard for the perfect GIF using Google. Or if you want to look something up without having to leave whatever you're doing, you can just do it right on the keyboard. Yeah, I had an ama- I had mm-hmm. a pretty great use case today at church. I was taking notes on a sermon, which is already like sketchy because it looks like you're on your phone in church, which is, you know, people frowning at you. And I wanted, and he, the guy, the pastor, Eric, the pastor, was was uh, using uh, this runner, some some famous runner, as an illustration. And I wanted to put the the link to the Wikipedia in the, my notes, and I could just right within the app, like right within the keyboard, just Wikipedia, find the link to the Wikipedia of this guy's name, and just paste it right in my notes. It was perfect. I didn't because you know if you think people are frowning on you for typing on a phone in church, whoa, don't go on the web browser, you know. Google. You're paying more attention than they are, Ross. I know. It's active listening. Yeah, so um, that exists. Go out and get it. Yeah. Ross, um, where can we find show notes for this episode? Uh, you can find show notes at samandrosslikethings.com, and it will be the post at the very, very top. The post at the top? Yep. And uh, you can find me on the internet as uh, at Mr. Beefy. And Ross, where can we find you? Uh, I am at Ross Catro, R-O-S-S-C-A-T-R-O-W. As always, uh, we love doing the show. Thank you to all of you who listen, and we'll see you in a fortnight. Bye. Bye. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun.